0: So across the street from our home is this big maple tree. And last October was our first was our first uh, month in in the cr- home that we currently live in. And the tree was brilliant orange. It's one of those maples can turn different colors and it was just this brilliant brilliant orange. So I've been watching it in anticipating and we as you will recall we waited a long time for summer to come and thankfully it hung on for a little bit and so fall is coming a little later and the, the tree is not quite is not there yet like there's a little bit of yellow there's little little bits of changes happening there's part of me going is it going to be orange again this year is it coming is it coming and we think about anticipation or things that we're excited about and i'm like waiting and watching this tree, when I was home with COVID, I spent a lot of time sitting out on my porch because at least I didn't get my mask on inside and it was beautiful weather outside. So I've been watching this tree um, for the last couple weeks. So um, we think about anticipation, maybe an event event that we're looking forward to, gatherings, um, homecoming, reunion. Um, Paul is anticipating being with the Philippians who we'll talk about in our passage today. Perhaps anticipating, there was one time I remember uh, anticipating a walk on the beach at night. So Michael and I were engaged. I was in my mid-20s, and we visited uh, his parents' beach home in this tiny little town in Delaware. And uh, we had dinner. We decided over dinner, like, "Oh, we're going to take a walk on the beach when, at night." And so I was super excited. I'd never done that before. And uh, so we we finished dinner and. Um, and it was, uh, it was dark by the time we decided to, by the time we decided to go. And we, we walked across this, this quiet little beach town. It's like the streets roll up at eight o'clock at night. Like it's, it's, it's a, it's a quiet little town in Delaware and it's along the, along the bay. And um, some street light, you can hear the crickets going. It's like a little bit of a cool breeze. It had been a really hot day, so it was super refreshing. And the lights at this little children's beach house across the street from us lit the way uh, for the dune because to go to the beach, to go onto the beach from where we are, you have to walk up across the street up over a dune and then down a hill onto the beach. So our path is lit a bit as we walk up and then we come all the way down and then you can just, you now can hear the laughing of the water and the breeze is, is more, more steady and it was really beautiful and we turned to start walking and I realized it was really dark. Like it was so dark, it was a little bit cloudy that night and so there was no sun, or no, of course there was no sun, there was no moon, there was no light of the moon, there was no light at all. And so I'm starting to feel a little anxious and trying to settle myself, it's like oh, we're on this lovely romantic walk on the beach. Um, And I just, with every step, I was just more and more anxious like anything or anybody could jump out at us at any moment and I wouldn't know and I just kept, getting more and more and more wound up, and Michael's trying to calm me down, and we had to leave the beach. So it was this anticipation of this beautiful, sweet experience, but I got so anxious and afraid that I I couldn't stay in the moment and enjoy the gift of what that moment was. Anxiety and fear can be such stealers. Uh, for us, so my anticipation had shifted from being hopeful and excited and enjoying the moment to anticipating things that were not positive, um, things that could happen that would, might be bad or um, that might cause us harm. So think about whether you've ever experienced anything like that, a time perhaps when you faced something uncertain. Um, something in your family, Um, pending life changes. Um, Even things like an interaction that you might have been looking forward to or maybe not looking forward to. So a family gathering that can be really exciting, but there's this conflict that's just under the surface that makes things challenging. Um, Meeting with the boss about something that may or may not have gone particularly well. Um, Many situations can stimulate worry and anxiety in us. And Paul's gonna talk to us about that today so let's dive into this way um, I'll read the passage in the bowl we'll, and then we'll go through therefore my brothers and sisters you whom I love and long for my joy and crown stand firm in the Lord in this way dear friends I plead with Euodia and I plead with Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord yes and I ask you my true companion help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel In Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. What you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Amen. Amen, indeed. So we'll re- we remember, when we talked about this, we've been, this is our fourth um, fourth week that we have been walking through Philippians, and recall that um, Paul is writing this letter back to this church that he planted 10 years earlier, um, has great affection for them, um, the Holy Spirit was very clear in redirecting his path, all these different places he was trying to go, and, wanted him to go to this place and planted this church and just the, um, the relationships there and the, um, he's remembering them with affection, just the anticipation, of hoping that he will get to see them again, um, encouraging them, um, but also gratitude because he received also a gift from them too, but also the gift of ministry. Um, so this is the context that he's writing this letter and this is the last chapter, so he's starting to bring it to close. Therefore... Um, as we walked through, uh, walked through the past couple weeks, um, but as he's walking through, he um, he, he begins to call something out. So, let's, therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, uh, we talked about his affection. But you think about, um, he's also aware of something else that he's going to call out. So, have you ever experienced conflict in ministry? or in work (laughs) or in family right we all have and we all do and you know what happens right someone can get offended or you have differences of opinion and then things can begin to fester and then it kind of spreads a little bit because then it becomes awkward for others around because they know about the conflict and uh, it just can get whether it's church or home or work whatever it just can get messy and tricky and left unresolved these are the things that divide that divide families, that divide work teams, that divide ministry teams, like that divide to churches. <laughs> Can't be. Uh, but sometimes even it's just like under the surface. Um, and so Paul addresses it and he calls it out directly. Like he names names and he does it though not to shame them, but to bring it into the open and then he very quickly raises them up. So I'll uh, read this piece. Uh, and he calls others... Uh, in to be part of supporting them through it. So he pleads with Euodia and Sintiki to be of the same mind in the Lord. You'll remember from Philippians 2, when Laurie shared that passage a couple weeks ago, um, having the mind of Christ, humility, counting others uh, above yourself, just the, the way, the example that Jesus lived, fully, fully humble. So he's saying, have the mind of Christ, which he had just talked about two chapters earlier. Um, So he's addressing the conflict, doesn't go into the details, but he's calling it out. Um, So just imagine with me for a minute. So the way these letters would work was Paul would write these letters, someone would take it back to the church, and then people would gather, and there would be this public reading. (laughs) So he's going through, and all this encouragement and affection, um, and mind of Christ, and pressing on for the upward call and Christ that we've walked through the last couple weeks, and then he calls out the names. I'm like, Could you imagine <laughs> what that must have been like? Um, but he doesn't do it in a way that shames them and keeps them there for them to be isolated, um, because he very quickly goes on and says, yes, I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended by my side. He's reaffirming their partnership in the gospel. That, um, that remember, here's you know, we, are, we are a church, we are built together. God uh, is using us in this place to help people come to know him and love him. So remember, so he, he redefines they're no longer, they're people who are in a conflict, but they are partners in the gospel and in the church. And then he pulls others alongside um, after he defines, defines them all together, um, help these women. They contended at my size, side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. And that's referring to um, the, Lambs, the, um, the Lamb's book of life in Revelation that John, that John wrote about. The people, like, God knows their names. They are written in the book of life. Like, they are, they are God's own chosen children. Loved, beloved. They may be in a conflict right now. The church may be having a little bit of grumbling going on, but he's he's reaffirming for them. Remember, remember, that's what this is about. Don't get caught up in this thing. Don't get so caught up in who's gonna jump out of the seagrass or whatever that, that you miss uh, what God is what God is doing. And then he reminds us, I've gotta say, there's like Twenty sermons in our passages today, so I'm going to try really hard to, to hit key points, and um, and know that we have lots more time ahead of us in other Sundays yeah. to hit some of the big things. But this passage and um, and the others have just so much for us. So rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again: rejoice. What Paul is reminding them and reminding us is that our joy comes from jesus comes from god it doesn't come from us so you think about like happiness happiness is something that we consume and like we can strive for it like if we expect somebody to do something or if this situation works out or um if michael didn't get covid but he did um like we can't anchor our happiness and our so our joy comes from the lord and not joy that we can like take and hold and harbor and keep inside for ourselves like it's Joy that spills out from him, from his love, from the depth of his love for us into um, onto other people. So being aware, oh, he spent so much time talking about just this one verse alone, but remembering that our joy and contentment comes from him. And when we can look to him for that in our situations, he fills us and we can spill over onto others. Verse five, let your gentleness be evident to all. Some versions say reasonableness, gentleness, are a few different words that are used. Um, Talking about being mild and gentle, meek, like the, um, again, fruit of the spirit, one of the fruit of the spirit is gentle, uh, gentleness. Um, Also patience, how we can be patient with one another. Um, But let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. So the Lord is near right in the middle of this, towards the end of this, verse 5. The Lord is near. Therefore, our gentleness can be known and seen. And we can find joy in the Lord. And the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. It's like this bridge. Like Everything hinges on the presence and the nearness uh, and the love and grace and mercy of God. Um, so do not be anxious about anything um, it's important that we don't deny anxious feelings so you can look at a passage like this so it says do not be anxious um, King J- I had to look this up because King James uses um, do not be careful I'm like what does that mean but it's having care about like oh, like, care and focus uh, on that um, But so don't be anxious don't worry and you can read a passage like that and if you experience Anxiety—you mm-hmm. can feel pretty guilty and <laughs> about it, uh, and it's not necessarily helpful. So I think it's really important that when we look at a passage like this, we're not looking at it to deny the feelings. Like anxiety is real. Like it's a real—it's a real thing that people experience. We worry. Uh, those things happen. And what Paul is trying to teach us here is to look to Jesus so that we don't get stuck going down the path. So I'm walking on the beach and I just totally spiraled down, like there was no talking me out of anything in that, mm-hmm. <laughs> in that moment. Uh-huh. Just get me off this beach to where I can see the light of day mm-hmm. again and see who's mm-hmm. around and what's happening. Um, so I think it's really important that we call that out because passages like this, they sound there, coming out like, don't worry. So we don't have to worry. And if we worry, what this is telling us is that we can find peace in him. So we'll go on some more. But I just, I wanted to address that because I wrestle with that with passages like this because um, my experience, um, this passage actually is really <coughs> special to me in my life and in my journey. It was the, um, the core message in the week eight of this eight week back to the basics of faith series that, um, the, uh, that our church, Back in Charlotte, uh, was was going through the summer. I came back. Um, I came back to church, and this was the end of September, and um, and it was this passage that finally gave me the perspective and the courage to reach out to our pastor and say, "I don't even know what I need, mean, but I think it starts with a conversation." Because I could see how I was so lost for a couple years, striving and trying to fix things that were hard realizing that I wasn't. Uh, So so this is a really important passage in my journey. And when I got to this passage, I was at a point where Jesus is the only way I can possibly get out of this. And so I was able to make a leap from being anxious about all these things I was being anxious in to learning what it could look like to trust God with things that were really, really, really hard Um, that I was trying to control things that I couldn't. Um, But I also know that it's not always easy to just make that jump. Okay, I'm not going to worry. I'm just going to trust you, Jesus. Um, So as God would provide, I had a book recommended to me this week um, by um, Peter Cesaro, uh, Emotionally Healthy Healthy Spirituality, um, that dives right into issues around the feelings that we experience the emotions that we experience our lifetime of Mm -hmm. patterns and emotions and if we try and keep that separate from growing in jesus we're still locked Mm -hmm. and it's the integration of those wonderful i'm not done with it but i'll share a little bit later about some of the things (coughs) that i'm gleaning from it because I think it really speaks to this, like the do not, do not be anxious about anything, but instead, um, so Paul offers this. he invites us into what Jesus offers us in the midst of anxiety and worry and fear and uncertainty, uh, but realizing that emotions are real and we don't deny them. And when someone is in the middle of an anxious crisis, saying, God says, you know, God's word says don't be anxious. you know. It's, that is true. God's word does say that, and it does promise us something different. Um, it promises us peace in Him, but in the height of anxiety and fear, that's not always helping. Helpful to move somebody to a different place. So, that's just a long way of saying it. I don't want to deny that feelings exist. So, but Paul teaches us this alternative. So you know, three weeks ago, or some of you know, three weeks ago, my parents um, were exposed to COVID. So then I just started this whole, they avoided it for three and a half years and um, started to go down this whole list of things. So They're 83, mom's got this, dead, just other diseases they have, and gosh, what what's gonna happen with them? And then, oh my gosh, what if we get it? And then what if, you know, our siblings get it, and a nephew's coming home from college to have knee surgery, and this has all been planned out, and it's, end of soccer season and it's birthdays and it's senior night and all these like so I just started to create it and I just fortunately have been walking with Jesus in a new way over the last 10 years and was able to just put the brakes on and say stop Yeah. <laughs> I can't I have no idea what is going to happen there what do I need to worry about for today or not worry about what do I need to attend to today uh, and not get caught up in going down that spiral that would have just had me in a bit of a tizzy. Mm-hmm. Oh. The <laughs> there were moments. <laughs> um, but Really focusing in on what we need to do, and things have happened. You know, I did get COVID, yeah. and um, thankfully got healed. And my parents, both of them got it, and Daddy was hospitalized, and God healed them too. What a merciful, kind God. And I know that's not always the outcome that people get. Um, we're grateful. Had um, ben had his surgery on Thursday. Thank you God, and, it's, and he's healing well. Well, his birthday's Tuesday, senior night. Like those things haven't happened. We we don't know. We don't know. But what we do know is that in the midst of it that God has us and has our family. For three weeks we have been pulled apart in all these different places because I started isolating. And I started taking care of my parents, and then I isolated because I had COVID. Um, last week Michael got it too, so now Michael's, Michael's in the tower, the tower is our little finished space above our garage that we affectionately call the tower, um, but so, and Will's September. living down the street with his cousins, so it's like our family for three weeks has been like pulled apart, disconnected in all these places, and plans canceled, Michael's supposed to, Michael's supposed to be on a trip this week with one of our other sons, and um, that didn't happen, and he didn't get to do something else he was going to do, and there's this professional honor that he's been given that he can't go to now. And so it's like, these things happen and there are disappointments and they're real, but if we let them totally wear us down, then where is our peace? So where is our peace? Um, And we can get it by entering into his presence and that's what Paul's talking about And he goes on. But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Amen. And prayer isn't just, um, just the coming together and saying a prayer. It's that communion with God. It's like a walking into his presence. God, this is hard. Amen. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm really disappointed that we didn't get to do this. Amen. Or what? A, and, but just go and to be with him in his presence. And he invites us into that. And that's what Paul is sharing with us here, um, and with gratitude. You know, God, thank you for um, for healing in our family. Thank you for good health care. Thank you for like for the things that we can be thankful for in the midst of different things. And then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, can guard our hearts Amen. and our minds in Christ Amen. Jesus. Amen. So, even so, back ten years ago when our Felt like the world was spiraling out of control. Our circumstances did not change. <laughs> the situation was still the situation that it was. But I found peace in God Amen. that allowed me to look up and Amen. to see and experience Amen. life and breathe again and receive his joy even in the midst of hard yeah. things that Amen. we walk through. It's such a wonderful And we talked about last week that our peace cannot be dependent. We can't allow our peace to be dependent on the outcome of our efforts. Amen. We can't allow our peace to be dependent on what we want other our expectations of other people, or how we want them to behave, or what we want them to do, or the approval that they give us. Or we can't because Peace isn't found in those places. It's found only in him. Family. Can I have peace if I can't come on mm-hmm. Sunday morning two weeks ago or however long ago that was, two weeks ago? Uh, yeah. Um, and you all had a beautiful family worship morning here. It was beautiful. Um, if you haven't listened to it, the recording is posted. If you weren't here, um, I encourage you. because it's really sweet, sweet. Um, can we have peace in my family and remain connected even though we're in all these different places and Everybody's asking when I'm elbowing, fist bumping each other, <laughs> it's like, um, but yeah, we can. And then Paul goes on to say, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So what are we thinking about? If we're gonna ruminate over, we, we do experience times of fear or anxiousness, or worry. If we can stop ourselves, um, I was really grateful that I stopped myself because I had a whole list Mm -hmm. that was going um, that I was going to start worrying about and trying to put all these contingency plans in place and control everything that I can't control. Why? Why? (laughs) Why? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, um, but what Paul is saying is think about these things. What are we thinking about? Um, Thinking about him, looking up, Whatever we have learned or received or heard from me, Paul is saying, or seen in me, put them into practice. So what we've seen Paul do, what we've seen Jesus do, what we've seen other people who are walking through hard things, how they're <coughs> re- leaning on their faith, um, and the God of peace will be with you. There's this sandwich in between. It's like whatever we focus on, and all the, the neuroscientists will tell you about the way the brain works is as we, whatever, we have all these thoughts coming into our brain, unconscious thoughts coming into our brain all the time. And where we choose to focus is what is gonna multiply. Right. So if we if we focus and keep going down the path of anxiety and fear and worry and uncertainty, yes. it's really overwhelming. Um, but if we can stop and look up, so Anne Lamott, I don't know if, you've, um, if anyone has heard her, she did a TED Talk in 2017, and she's sharing a variety of different things. But she talks about bees in mason jar traps. Mm. Um, even without a seal on top, that you can trap bees in a mason jar. And when they, once they hit the bottom, they'll just walk and they keep, they'll go from side to, side to side, to side, to side, to side, to side, all around. And they, they will die there. Like, they will stay there. They don't leave because the only way that they see is forward. So they keep turning in all the different directions they don't look up. Or they could just lift, lift right out and go. And that's what Paul is telling us here. Look up. Look up in the midst of all of this. As the things feel like they're caving in. Can we look up? Amen. And see yeah. him and remember. He's telling us that the peace um, of God that we talked about in verse 7 will guard our minds and our hearts. And it doesn't just fall from the sky, although he gives it freely. Uh, we talked about it this summer as we were walking through the Romans that God works with us and Amen. in us Amen. and through us to do these things. So we participate with him. Will we look up? Will we remember? In 2014, about four months after I was starting to learn to live life differently, um, I got appendicitis. And so I was in the hospital and then we realized I was going to have to have surgery. So it was too late in the night and it wasn't emergent, so we were going to do it the next morning. And as they wheeled my, I don't know, bed stretcher <laughs> down the hall towards the OR to get ready for everything, there was this big window at the end of the hall. It was like, I don't know, five thirty, six 6 o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to get to see a little bit of the morning sky, a little bit of the sunrise. So I was really I was excited about that. And I was like, that will encourage me. And as we get close, because the door that we were going to was at the end of the hallway, it was a foggy, foggy morning. So foggy that the fog was right up against the window like you couldn't even see an inch beyond the window. And I started to be really disappointed. And then I remembered, praise the creator, not the creation. And in that moment, I'm like, oh, God, thank you that I know that the sun is rising even though I can't see it. Mm-hmm. Thank you that we discovered what was going on, and I'm going to have the surgery today, and there's health care. And I know that whatever happens, you're with me in it. Amen. And my family, regardless of the outcome. Amen. And the peace that washed over me Amen. and filled me was miraculous. Palpable. It was. It was so powerful. So. All of this is a way of saying if we can connect our feelings with what we know about God, our feelings and our experiences, and there's so much more I would share if we had time uh, as we look at um, our emotional health and the experiences that we've had and um, patterns that we've developed, um, recognizing some of those that sometimes can block our compassion for others, that sometimes can block the way we see God or receive God or think he sees us. Um, But if we can integrate those things together as we connect with God and look up, um, we can begin to experience God and people differently because ultimately the way we see God, the way we treat people, and the way we look at ourselves are all connected. Um, And there are lots of things that, that play into that, but it all results in our loving union with God and how that can influence our relationships and our interactions with people, allowing us to be Jesus-y. In the world. <laughs> I, love I, I love that word. But it's Eduardo's yeah. word, but it's just so good. Um, but we can live lives that show Jesus, that reveal him to others. Um, and I'll pull our Matthew passage in briefly today. So not another, not an easy parable, but again, it's another allegory which uses analogies and images in extremes to mm-hmm. make a point. And what Jesus is showing here. Is so God is the one throwing the throwing the wedding feast um, for His Son. Um, all who were invited, the Jews, the Pharisees, chose not to come. Um, so He sends people out to get to get everybody. The confusing part is that they weren't dressed right. Like they didn't even know that they were coming to a wedding. They just got swept off the street and brought in. What's going on here? Um, and it's not the clothing that they're wearing; it's the dressed, um, the dressed in Christ. Like we're, we're encouraged to put on, uh, to put, to put on Christ. Um, but when he was questioned, he had nothing to say. He had nothing to say. I don't so, get that. yeah, it's it's God. Wants us, God invites us into relationship with Jesus. He wants our hearts and minds and lives to be transformed that we may be blessing to others as well. And living like Jesus, being Jesus seat in this world is putting on, is putting on Christ in our lives and in our world. Um, so it's choosing to live and follow Jesus versus not yeah. time to up. Yeah. so what do we do how do we live clothed in christ how do we live out these passages one we recognize that our joy comes from the lord uh, joy in him not a feeling to possess and internalize but one that we share with others that jesus is our source attend to the uh, to our emotional health and our spiritual health together um be aware of our emotions and patterns and be willing to address conflicts when they happen with respect and gentleness, having the mind of Christ as well as his eyes and his ears. And as we experience feelings of worry, being anxious, fear, notice them, name them, Mm. connect with God in them. Don't deny them and stuff them. It then just spills out on other people in other ways that we don't intend, but connect with God in His presence and others. And amid our worry and to look for Him for the peace, not in our circumstances, but peace that is beyond understanding. Where will we put our trust? Where will we put our trust? He says to contemplate on Him all those things that are good and pure and lovely, and we remember His promises from Psalm. Twenty-three. Uh, the bottom line is that anxiety and fear do come. And he's with us. He's with you and with me. And when we feel anxious and worried, we can find peace in God. We can remember his promises. We can seek to draw close to him. Uh, as I think about Psalm 23, it was, uh, was at an if gathering earlier this year, right actually the day that I inter- had my first interview here. Uh, but the whole conference was on Psalm 23. Hmm. And I think about, um, and walking around actually carrying a little baby lamb in her arms, who despite thousands of people and lights was just perfectly content in her arms. Mm -hmm. Um, John Mark Comer, um, wonderful pastor and teacher, who um, was walking through a really, really, really difficult season, really like, vulnerably difficult, didn't share any details, but you could just feel the stress and the struggle and the strain and said, how he shared how before he even got out of bed every morning, this prayer, this song was. He would repeat this song Amen. to himself every day. So, and then there are a variety of others that you know that shared, and just the um, power <laughs> of remembering and knowing God's promises. And the song is just full of so many promises. So, the question we have is: What are we anticipating, and where are we looking? so that we might be able to say and know in our hearts and believing with assurance like David did in anticipating God's presence. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He provides for us. He lets me rest in green meadows. The grass is cool. He leads me beside peaceful streams or still waters. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. He'll show me the way to go. He won't misguide me. be for our good and his glory. He'll show us. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, or beach, or a situation where things, danger may lurk, and anxiety can grow, even though I walk through the darkest valley, or some versions say the valley of death, I will not be afraid, or I will fear no evil. Why? For you are close beside me. The Lord is near, just like Paul reminded us. Your rod and your staff protect me and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You don't just meet my basic needs. You overflow my life with blessing. Will I see it? Will I define it on the way you define it and not by the list of things that I feel like I think I need and should have? Right. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies, regardless of what is pressing in on my life. You honor me, honor me, by anointing my head with oil. As the shepherds of the day would have cared for their sheep, they used oil to protect them from insects. They would put oil over them so that uh, to keep insects out of their ears, to keep um, flies from laying eggs. <laughs> in them, um, wow. and would also use oil to heal their wounds, like he's providing for us, he's protecting us, he's healing us day by day, my cup overflows with blessing, Again, it's abundant, and then that's surely your goodness and unfailing love, some versions say mercy, will pursue me, follow me, chase me, relentlessly follow me all the days of my life. Amen. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever Amen. to promise all of these promises for you and for me. Let's pray. Okay. God, only you. Mm. Only you. Our love, our joy, our peace. Lord, we look to so many things um, to fill us, to calm us. Thank you that you invite us into a beautiful relationship with you. That it is in your presence that we can experience your goodness, your peace. Lord, thank you for your word that helps us know you and to know how you see us. Not as the ashamed, condemned person that we may feel sometimes, but as your beloved. You sing over us. You delight in us. You know our names. We Love you, Lord. Thank you for loving us, for knowing us. God, we thank you for the lives of um, all who have come before us in the faith. We thank you for Paul and this word that he shares. We thank you for his courage. We thank you for his tenacity. We thank you for redirecting his zeal in his life, Amen. that others may come to know you, that we would know you and stand here today. Amen. Lord, we just ask you to guide us, um, help us to trust you. Help us to lean on you. Help us not to judge, not to feel guilty for our feelings, but to be honest with ourselves about them. And to find ways through you and others to heal us, to guide us, knowing that you will provide, knowing that you are with us every step of the way. We praise you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.